This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, welcome to Boston Balls, a podcast. Pat Caputo here. Uh, hey, it's great to be with you. Uh, you can check us out on all your various uh, uh, platforms, uh, Google Play. What else, Evan? iTunes? iTunes, there's the Odyssey app, of course, and 971theticket.com. Yeah, and check us out on Twitter. I'll post all that stuff up there. But subscribe, you know, because we're going to do a lot of stuff. Uh, and it, it, I'm going to tell you what I really think in this uh, podcast. I think those of you who listen to it uh, know that. So it's going to be frank and honest, and it's going to be not what you usually hear where people are trying to follow what everybody else is saying. I'm not afraid to be outside the box if I think it's right or to agree. Now we're going to talk about the 2022 NFL draft today, uh, Lions specific. And, and Evan, uh, I'm here with Evan Jenkins, our webmaster. Look, I think it's going to be Thebion Thibodeau for the Lions. Thebion Thibodeau, I, I, the Oregon defensive end slash linebacker, quote-unquote edge. And the reason I say that is uh, everything points to it. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Uh, I'll put you on the spot. I'm intrigued. And I'm at everybody out there that's listening right now, let me ask you a question. If you're Brad Holmes and you want an evaluation on Kevion Thibodeau, who's the first person you go to? Who do you just grill their mind about? Him? About, about Thibodeau. No, beside him. Oh, maybe his college coach? Hmm. Think again. Is it somebody internally? It's so obvious, you know, when you when I say it, Is you'll it Chris go Spielman? No. It's so obvious. Dan Campbell? No. Who who Aaron hit, Glenn. Who has hit probably Kevion Thibodeau on a football field more than anybody else? Oh, Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. Okay, so think about this. What do you think Penny Sewell will say? If he's asked about Kevion Thibodeau, well, I mean, I mean, think would, about you that. Would imagine it would be positive things coming from a teammate that went against him in practice, like you say, and probably would want him on his team again. You would imagine, knowing what he did in college. Um, I, I think the signs are all pointing towards him now after his pro day where seven members of the Lions went to go see him. I don't know if you saw the pictures, but the way that Chris Spielman was looking at him was like me at a, at a buffet. And, I mean, six months ago he was the pick to the Lions. Three months ago it changed. One month ago it changed. And now it all seems to be circling back to Thibodeau. And 
I think you're right with Sewell. There is nobody else that has it, and you would hope he would well, be straight. First of all, he knows about him athletically. Yes. Because it's not just, hey, he was somebody he practiced with. He practiced against. Right there, right? And then secondly, he understands what he is in the room. You know, whether he's, you know, because this kid, and I don't understand it. I can't stand this about the draft. But sometimes there's smear campaigns, and it it seems like it's happened with him. It's every year. Every year, and this is the guy. He would have been the first pick in the draft. Well, not the first pick, but in the top three last year. I mean, Lawrence was going to go number one. And he comes back. He plays well. Yeah. He didn't do anything wrong. There's no off-the-field issues with him that we know in regard to getting in trouble with the law or, you know, the hazing thing that held back Micah Parsons. Or being a bad teammate or anything Anything, like anything like that. Uh, athletically, everybody's going crazy about uh, the kid from Georgia, Walker, right? Well, he's only about a dozen pounds less, runs as fast, you know, did 27 reps at the combine when he did the bench. He said, well, it's a big deal about that. Well, did you see him standing there? He's got long arms. And anybody who knows anything about, like, bench pressing, if you got shorter arms, you got less move to go, yeah. and you can do a lot more reps. And the kid's ripped. And, you know, then you hear every other um, – he didn't play against quality competition. Hey, what do you mean he didn't play against quality competition? No, oh, he didn't face any uh, top left tackles. Well, tell me all the left tackles. Name them right off the top of your head Hutchinson played against. Yeah, there's the uh, the kid from Ohio State. Yeah, that's well, that's be. what you call him, the kid from Purdue. And uh, yeah, exactly. And then I mean, but Pat, you're right. I mean, even Joe Burrow was criticized for his hand size, and he went and tweeted, "I guess I'll just have to quit football now because my hands are too small." What does he do? He just goes and lights up the NFL in his second year off an ACL. Um, Parsons, like you mentioned, was highly criticized because of the issues he had at Penn State, and that he didn't play a year of football. And what, what does he go out? What about Justin Herbert? Yeah, I mean, junior year, everybody was all about the kid. He comes back at Oregon. He plays and great. They, and they kill him. You know, and all of a sudden he didn't play as well. Now, there's no – look, and, and the other thing, too, is I want you to think about where Brad Holmes comes from. West Coast. West Coast. And look at his first draft. Uh, where, where, what conference was Sewell from? Pac-12. Uh, what conference was uh, Levi Uzarike from? Pac-12. Uh, what conference was Amara uh, St. Brown? Pac-12. Uh, what conference was Jamar Jefferson from? I'm pretty sure he went to Oregon State, and that is yet again in the Pac-12, and I don't know why. That's like more than half his picks. Why have I never looked at that before? And, and uh, let me ask you this, okay? Let me ask you this. When did the Lions ever take that many guys from out in that area of the country? They take one or two. Yeah, it's very seldom. I mean, you and we can probably name him offhand right now. And uh, if you look at when he was uh, with the Rams, he was on the scouting staff. Uh, who they took Jared Goff first overall, Pac-12 uh, quarterback. Okay, uh, Cooper Cup. You know, everybody genuflecting about Cooper Cup. Where, where did he I go? I actually don't know where he went. He went to Eastern Washington, and oh, you, and you know why he he became such a big deal? Because Eastern Washington was two and two against Pac-12 teams, (laughs) and he averaged over 200 yards per game against Pac-12 teams. So 
uh, when they went out and got a free agent receiver with the with the uh, with the Rams or tried to get a veteran guy to try to piece Josh it. Reynolds. Well, no, uh, Robert Woods. Where did he go to school? Oh no, he is he USC as well. USC, yeah. you got it. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean, if you're going by and look, you know, Evan, I I did uh, say that they were going to take Eric Ebron. People thought I was crazy. And I knew that. I had inside information. All right. I knew they were going to take him if he was there. It's the same when they took Ragnow. Yeah. And people just got all over me. But I knew that for inside information. This isn't that. But come on. Uh, tell me. Have you all thought about all the different things that point to, to Kev, Kevion Thibodeau to be their second pick? I've been sold on him from even before the year. I mean, People look at like Jadavian Clowney and they say his final year at South Carolina, he didn't really care this and that. But yet he's still a fine NFL football player. If you ask me, I wouldn't mind having that guy come off the edge. I didn't see that with Thibodeau. And, and it's crazy because people are like, well, he didn't show up against Utah, right? But then you look at a player like Aiden Hutchinson, where if you dare, and I know it's based on where we live, Pat, but if you dare say he didn't show up against Georgia, woo. well, in both instances, it's stupid to say it. It is right, you know, an edge rusher. There, you know, it just it, come on, you There's know, games those, where guess what? They get game planned against, schemed. Well, and then on top of it, the games just went completely south. So the their opportunity, it was like to be one guy on an eleven man defense to do everything. You know, too many other things went wrong in those games. So when I look at Thibodeau, uh, I see somebody who's an exceptional athlete. Uh, he was a pretty good basketball player in high school at Dorsey in the L.A. Public School League. You know, and Dorsey's one of the uh, old school L.A. Uh, uh, high schools. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a top-notch athlete. And I've seen him interviewed, too. You know, I heard him interviewed, uh, Jim Miller. Uh, you know, he used to play at Michigan Sirius State, and, and yeah, and Sirius. Uh, they interviewed him. I think it was at the combine. Him and Pat Kerwin or whatever. Yeah. I heard their interview. He was fine. And then after the uh, uh, pro day, he was interviewed. Yeah, and he was fine. fine. And, and and this thing where you know these dudes have got to stand out there in their underwear and show off their their. I mean, you know, look, the combine's like out of control. It really is out of control. And, you know, the senior bowl practice isn't a guy that doesn't go there. And the thing that he didn't run, like, the, the, the cone drills at the combine or something, he ran the 40 and he did the bench press. All yeah, right? He did what, like, people want to see. He did everything. Yeah. He's been, and he was far more productive than Walker. And at his pro day, he did everything else that you would want him to do. The yeah. only thing he didn't do was bench press. but He did it at the, at the, uh, at combine. the combine. Yeah, I believe yeah. he did, yeah. It's just... I okay, so let me ask you this: As Pat Caputo, is there a negative that you would see on him? No, uh, no, no. I, you know, I mean, uh, you don't know when somebody's stepping up that level. Sure. And I don't think he's uh, like uh, you know one of these guys. I don't, you know, like uh, Chase Young was. Yeah. All right, but I think if well, you were another guy here that was criticized, by the way, Pat, because right. of his performance against Michigan, one game, one game, people were like, "I don't want him anymore." Like, I don't think he's kidding? that he's that strong, you know. Is is, but uh, he's in. You know, the other thing, Hutchinson's a hand on the ground guy. 
Thibodeau's a stand-up guy. Yeah. All right? Thibodeau dropping the coverage. Hutchinson won't. Hutchinson will line up in the guard. So if they got Hutchinson, I wouldn't have any problem with it. No. But if they took Thibodeau, you know, and the other thing, too, is these people have got to stop putting these gifts up on Twitter. You know, about like, oh, look at this play. He's just standing there or something. Going around trying to find something to, like, smear the guy. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Does he have an off-the-field issue we don't know about? Not, I mean, and that would be out there, Pat. All right, does he have a does he have a teammate at at with the Lions from Oregon who knows everything about him? Yeah. All right, uh, and is that kid as solid as it could be, Sewell? Well, I mean, and okay, heck, you can ask those what four other guys from the Pac-12 that played against them. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Well, the, the tackles there. You know, I got a text the other day. Some guy, well, the Washington State tackle and the guy from UCLA were the only two good tackles he played against. Oh yeah, like the. You know, like with Hutchinson's up against that Northern Illinois tackle or whatever. Or Western Michigan. Yeah. Or, or even, I mean, even Washington this year, they were nothing special. Yeah. So, but that's, okay, that's the first thing I wanted to say. The other thing, you know, Mel Kuyper comes out, you know, he has mock draft 797 today. And I, I love Mel Kuyper and, and all those things. But, and I love the mock drafts, blah, blah. We talked about that quite a bit here. Uh, he has them taking Sauce Gardner, right? And I wouldn't have a problem with it, all right? I would not have a problem with it. And I'll tell you why, Evan, because Sauce Gardner it might be the best player in the draft. All right, so if all, he, he's got all the intangibles. He's got all the tangibles, too. Nobody could throw on him. Yeah, he it, hasn't allowed a touchdown his entire college career. And he was did well. You talk about the matchups. He was up against Alabama. He's a fabulous player, great talent, but you know, because so the, so yeah, from Detroit King High School. So Brad Holmes is supposed to look and go, "Well, I can't do that." They took Jeff Okuda. That would be a classic Lions move. No, if he thinks that's the best player in the draft, and he he doesn't see an upside for some of these other guys like Hamilton or Thibodeau or uh, uh, Walker or whoever else might be in that conversation, then by all means, take him. Take him. Take him. Yeah, you can't. Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, everybody there can't be pigeonholed by what happened before them. Because if that's the case, then so be it. The Lions are never going to win a single thing, right, Pat? You can't. You can't worry about what the people did before you, okay? What happened to Jeffrey Okuda, we don't even really know if he could have developed last year because he blew his Achilles out game one, right? right? So you don't know. And being a corner in the NFL as a rookie is a very, very, very tough thing to do, especially when you're trying to be CB1 or CB2 on a team that's not very good. That's a tough thing to do. So I agree that if Brad Holmes, whatever he sees is the best possible it's most likely going to be defense i would say 90 percent sure right yeah i don't think it's going to be a quarterback no i don't think it's going to be malik willis then let's see through his vision right i mean he's in year two you're going to have all these picks you got three in the first 34 right yeah so let him do his thing and do not judge based off of a selection made in april before you see what that product is on the field right I, that's how I see it, at least. And then the other thing I just you know pointed out to you, I think they're far ahead on offense compared to what they are on defense. I think Amara St. Brown is a really good player. I think they've got pretty good running backs. 
you know, not bad. Uh, not great, but pretty good running back. If they stay healthy, I would say they're pretty good. Yeah, uh, you know, tight end, you, uh, I think that's debatable at this point. Some people say, what do, what do you mean? But, yeah, I don't think he was very good last year, actually. But he's still at least a, a starter and a good tight end uh, in Hawkinson. And their offensive line could be great. Absolutely. You know, once Ragnow is back with Decker, Sewell with a year under his belt, Jackson, uh, even Vitae, I thought, blocked pretty well in the run game last year. Uh, they could have a, you know, and Goff's a serviceable quarterback. Defensively, not so good. But if they take offensive guys, all right, and they, you know, hey, look, man, the last thing they should be doing is drafting for need. All right? Now, I can understand if they pass on a high-end offensive lineman under the circumstances, and I don't see one that is like, you know, the next uh, Joe Thomas or something. Yeah, like there. Evan Neal isn't that guy to you. Yeah, none of them. Uh, but they're all good, you know. Yes. But, <laughs> you know, don't, don't see, you know, if he, if he takes somebody that's outside your position box, you know, you've got to let him do his job. And, you know, when you criticize him, I'll probably defend it, even if I wouldn't have made that pick. Right, because it is, like we were saying, to wait and see what happens with his plan because this is also this year's draft also uh, like hinges on next year's as well having those two first round picks again granted it's probably going to be in the 30s because of what the Rams just keep doing this offseason and just adding superstar players but I agree Pat that as long as it's not a tight end at two that you really can't complain or or bitch or moan with it and and just try to see it through. The question I I, I wouldn't complain if they took a tight end. Really? But, you know, well, not at two, right? Not at two or not at you know, but if they took a tight end relatively early, like say McBride from Colorado State, mm-hmm. I like him a lot. Uh, I wouldn't complain because I think if you evaluated Hawkinson, is that your guy you're gonna pay? You know, for the next contract, and or it's going to be big money. Yeah, big money. So you know, you have to make that evaluation. I thought, you know, all due respect to Hawkins, I got nothing against him. Trust me, I hope I'm absolutely wrong, and he ends up being the second coming of Travis Kelsey here. But I don't see it right now. I saw somebody who backtracked last year, especially as a blocker, and that's and that's a big and part. He, and, and you got to stay healthy. Yes, I agree. Now, I, I do want to ask one question based on the draft because one player that's been linked to the Lions as well as Kyle Hamilton, and a little bit of breaking news has happened while we are recording this, and according to Ian Rappaport, the Lions signed Deshaun Elliott as a safety to a one-year deal. Is that just a placeholder for this year, or would that prevent them from drafting a safety? And the way I look at it is he's just a placeholder, and that still doesn't eliminate that. Well, it doesn't eliminate it, but I'd be surprised if they take Hamilton. Okay. I think, you know, look, Evan, uh, when you got the second pick in the draft, uh, you, you, you're pretty much limited to three positions, all right? You know, when it comes down to, it's like we always talk about, is the position equal or in the player? You know, it's like when the Lions got sued, the player was outstanding, but the position doesn't equal, you know, uh, the, the difference maker that it would have been if Sue were on the edge. And, uh, you know, so the, the theory in football is quarterback by far and then edge rusher next and pretty wide margin. A lot of people talk about offensive tackle 
left tackle. I don't know why they're so consumed with the left tackle thing, but they, you know, they still are. Like it's you know nineteen sixty five or I was something. Gonna say this is and they're doing seven step drops or something. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it is kind of stupid. And what if you got a lefty quarterback? Then all of a sudden, you know, you know exactly. what, if, what if you get two or something? You know, but uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, but those three positions. And the only time you can make an exception is if you've you know got a corner or uh, you know maybe a receiver like Chase last year, you know Pitts last year. You know you could put those guys into that equation uh, situation. You know with uh, you know Gardner this year perhaps. You know. Uh, and safety, as much as I, I appreciate the safety position, and I do far more than most like people that follow this closely, uh, I, I have to say it, it is down the list a little bit. But he's a great player, and I love him as a player. But there are some pretty good safeties who may be just as good who might be there at 32 or 34. You know, people talk about the kid from Georgia. How do you pronounce his name? Seen. Seen. Uh, you got that Petrie kid from Baylor who's really good. Yep. There's a number of uh, the Brisker from uh, Penn State. Kid in our backyard, Daxton Hill. Daxton Hill, who, you know, certainly athletically, you know, he wasn't the playmaker Kyle Hamilton was, but he's a he's an athlete. That's I could for sure. almost see him being more of like a Rashawn Gary type in the NFL where maybe he, his numbers weren't all that at Michigan. But like you said, he's an athletic freak that can run, jump, do everything that you would want. You know, I hate to say this, but I'd love to see him at corner. I agree. He's a you know, I don't. Kid. You know, I don't. I don't know like what these scouts know with uh, you know how he sinks his hips and you know flips his hips mm-hmm. and all that other stuff to you know to mimic another receiver, mirror him going down the field and all that. But he's big and he's fast and he's rugged. He he would come up and tackle. You know, if teams are you know. It's, Tried to run on the edge. And, he, and I feel like he did play some corner at Michigan, especially against Georgia where they had to put him man-to-man. So I I think he's intriguing. Um, another thing, because we only because we mentioned Mel Kuyper's mock, he had David Ajabo go into the Lions in the second round. Does that make you nervous at all, only because you have um, uh, the Quar- Romeo Quaras coming off an Achilles, which is almost the same exact. Position. I wouldn't go anywhere near Ojabo if I were the Lions. It okay. has nothing to do with the player. He's a raw talent, absolutely. But the problem is, is that this is going to cut into his experience time. So if you sign him, you've got to wait a whole year, yeah, likely, and then you know he's already on the clock. And, and, and he's not getting that experience that you need at that particular time because his his biggest issue isn't his athleticism, it's his experience. And, and if his athleticism's down a little bit and you match that with lack of experience, you know, it puts a, a you know a red flag up on it. It's sad, you know. It reminds me a bit of uh, Jake Butt, you know, yeah. a little bit of that because Jake Butt would Jake Butt was a, a fantastic player. Oh, I hated him. But yeah, I know. How yeah, good he was. yeah, he was. He's a fantastic player. He was very, and he, very you know, he good. he played in the NFL and all that. But oh yeah, he would have been a lot better player. It's a tough break for those guys, but you know, yeah. and Ojabo, uh, you know, he's young. He he may fully recover, and he but, doesn't have a lot of football wear on his body because he, he he started football late. He didn't play much for Michigan at all up until this last year, and then he wasn't exactly a three down guy. He was a guy that he was going to go after the quarterback. So. I guess from that standpoint, you got to be very positive about what he could bring, like you said. But 
for the Lions, it might not be exactly the right fit. Um, I like how the draft is shaping up for the Lions, though. It, it really seems because there was a report that N'Kobe Dean only met with – it was worded very weird to me that he met with one top 30 team, and I'm like – well, if you met with any team, they have a pick. But anyway, I digress. And that that was the Lions. Does he worry you at all just from a size standpoint? Yeah. No? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, uh, he's a great player. Yes. What I mean, that? he's one of the best line. You know, you see some of these college linebackers. I haven't seen too many. There's been a lot of great ones, but I haven't seen too many better than Kobe Dean. Yeah. But he's 5'11", 223 pounds. He's safety size, and he's not an edge guy. He's in the middle. So if you if you don't keep the those big, you know, the heavy set dudes away from him, they'll just engulf him. I would think, but he can roam sideline to sideline and make tackles. But he's definitely undersized. But you got to be careful with that one. I mean, Aaron Donald. That's what they said about him. Yep. And he is undersized, but it doesn't matter. I mean, how many 330-pound guys have you seen him drive into the quarterback? Pat, it's one of the craziest things I have ever seen. What I like to do when I go into locker rooms, I like to size up these players and see how big they are. And when you stand next to Aaron Donald, he's not taller than you. I'm 5'11", you know. He's not, like, looking down on you. But to see a, a defensive tackle with a six-pack that looks like a superhero, oh, his arms, you know. it's one of the more impressive things I have ever seen from any athlete, and I've seen a lot of them, but just that you're right, quote-unquote undersized because he doesn't have the 6'2 frame and he's not your big, fat, typical defensive tackle, but, boy, he wrecks havoc. Yeah, he's like 285 and plays like he's 385, and he's, he, he he runs like he's 185. I mean, he's a phenom. So the thing with N'Kobe Dean is he one of those guys because the one thing he – look, that position is about being able to fit your body into certain spaces, you know, and, uh, you know, can he do that at the level that he's going to play? Uh, the one thing he does do is uh, when he, 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 he goes into his direction, he makes up his mind, you know, quickly, and he's there, and he runs through whatever he hits. Yeah, he's you know, he doesn't have that little hesitation or, you know, whatever. He's a fantastic player. Very but, smart. But, you know, and I, and I don't think he's going to be there. I think him and uh, – uh, uh, Davis, the big uh, heavy set tackle that you know people love yeah, from Jordan Georgia, Davis, yeah. right? And I think those guys uh, get a lot of attention because they played on such a great defense. And there may be other players who are better than them who didn't get the uh, the notoriety because they didn't play at even at Power Five schools. I like linebacker from Montana State. I like Anderson. Okay, uh, a little bit of the mo. Uh, of Brian Urlacher, you know, uh, fast, uh, tr- extraordinarily athletic. I like Muma uh, from Wyoming. These are guys in the second, uh, third round area. Uh, I like those guys a lot for that uh, inside backer position for the Lions. Those would be the two guys that I would look at a little bit beyond, you know, uh, 2, 32, and 34 for the Lions. It does seem like um, that the Lions are looking for big linebackers that will run downhill i mean they even brought back davis i mean who they they cut last year yeah and that's the kind of the player that he is so i would imagine like you said the bigger type of kid like that is what they're looking for and that's well those guys are they're they're uh classic inside linebacker types Mm -hmm. and uh i think uh, uh for example mumo goes to wyoming and uh 
you know, he's kind of a, a very similar. Even They went to the same school, and I'm not always big on the same school thing, but Logan Wilson, who I talked a lot about before Cincinnati took him, uh, they remind me of each other uh, just in their ability. And I mentioned that Anderson kid because his athleticism is like off the charts. And, uh, again, it's somebody, how did he do? Well, at the Senior Bowl, you know, he – he handled himself well. So I, I, I really like those two guys if they if they last, you know, a little past those picks and the Lions take them. Linebackers, sometimes the best ones are taken a little later. Um, what do you make, because this right now, this week in particular and next week, are incoming visits for these uh, these draft-eligible players. What do you make personally of the players that they bring in compared to the players that they actually want to draft and are really interested are there smoke screens out there with the lions being number two bringing in players they might not necessarily be interested in but they're playing their hands right maybe for a trade or something along those lines i don't why are they bringing them in Right. I mean, I mean, you know, seriously even those guys been poked and prodded well like Thibodeau was in today right so, I mean, or yesterday on Tuesday. I don't know. Maybe they have meet the owner or something. I, I don't know. You know, those type of decisions are organizational decisions in which writers are the uh, uh, the owners sign off on. Yeah. And the and, writers in a way, too. Well, you, no, you might be right. Maybe it is a I matter of meeting our owner and, and, and our personnel and the people that necessarily aren't at his pro day or aren't Brad Holmes or Chris Spielman or – Dan Campbell, who wasn't at their pro day, you know what I mean? Because he was under the weather. So maybe it's a chance for him. I mean, I'm sure he's talked to him before, but to really sit down and pick his brain because I feel like they're pretty much the same dude. I mean, they're, you know, I mean, he's a violent dude. To be a defensive end, you got to be a little bit crazy. I've always said that in an offensive lineman, right? And, and I just was curious about that, if there were smoke screens. Because, I mean, they'll, they'll bring in some dudes, and you're like, I didn't even know that guy, who he was. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, again, you know, the, but they should know everything about their physicals, uh, everything about them. And they, they've interviewed them. They've talked to them. They know their agent. They've been doing their due diligence on these guys for, in, in the case of Thibodeau, for years. You think right now, as we sit here in Allen Park, they know who they're taking at number two? Yes. But like I said, I don't know. All right. This isn't something that I have sourced. But I, you know, I, I would be surprised based on just logic if uh, Thibodeau, in, 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 say, Hutchinson is drafted and Thibodeau's there, that they don't take him. And the one thing I would say that uh, I, I think Lion fans should hope is that they don't overthink it. You know, that would be like if they took Sauce Gardner, I wouldn't rip them for it because I'd wait until they missed on it or hit on it, you know, to take time to evaluate it. And he's a great player. But, uh, you know, w- what's sometimes obvious? It smells like, uh, you know, a star, you know, quacks like a duck, you know. <laughs> It actually was a duck, you know, an Oregon duck. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, Pat. When you said all that to me, I, like, I can't wait to tell this to Doug Karsh tomorrow morning, everybody from the Pac-12. And maybe I'm just naive and didn't notice it, but I can't believe that's not brought up more often. That's the first time I've heard it, Pat, and I listen all day, every day to sports talk radio, so you blew my mind. Well, I think it's, you know, I, I, actually I'd kind of be surprised if it wasn't Thibodeau. 
So, but anyway, enjoyed the conversation. Don't forget iTunes, uh, Google Play, the Odyssey.com app. Yep. And check us out, Pat Caputo98 on Twitter, uh, the king of the KC on Twitter. And, of course, 97 won the ticket Twitter and Facebook page. Uh, and subscribe. Hit subscribe. We'd love it. Until uh, next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t